0: Pay the bills and feed the spirit. Start feeding the spirit now. If
1: you're a person who's looking to have more purpose in your life, if you're saying to yourself, I don't want to just go to work. I want to do my life's work. This is the show. This is the show. Don't keep your day job. How do you figure out how to take your passion and turn it into a profit? Hey, welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I'm Kathy Heller. And how are you guys today? I'm super excited because I sat down with one of my dear friends, Hallie Stanford, who is the president of television at the Jim Henson Company. How fancy is that? She's amazing. And, um, I'm going to share with you today, uh, the conversation that she and I just had yesterday. She's just a truly remarkable person and I wanted to have her on and you'll see why this uh, episode is very close to my heart. And, uh, think you guys are going to love it. And because Thursdays usually we're talking about you and sharing your stories, we're actually going to do that on Monday's episode. Next Monday is our 100th episode and it's going to be all about you guys. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a huge celebration. I can't believe we just hit 100 episodes. Thank you guys for being you. Um, If it wasn't for you listening to this, I don't think I would have continued past four or eight or 12 episodes, but because... I found this incredible family. And because we all came together and I got to know so many of you through your emails and through your amazing Instagram messages and comments, you make me feel like a zillion bucks. And I love you guys so much. So also um, coming up this coming Monday, I'm going to do a concert. Uh, I know that I play my songs for you guys at the end of these episodes, but I'm going to do a live streaming concert on Instagram at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time this coming Monday, which is October 8th. It's going to be our 100th episode. So in honor of that, I am going to be live streaming and doing a concert for you guys and singing you some of my songs. Okay. So let's get back to today's episode because I'm so excited about this. So We're talking today to one of the most special people I know, Hallie Stanford. She's the president of television at the Jim Henson Company. She's worked there for 25 years, so it's no surprise that she's been Emmy-nominated many, many times. She's the executive producer on their award-winning shows like Sid the Science Kid, Dinosaur Train, Doozers, Pajanimals, Animals, and she's also the executive producer on their upcoming Netflix series, The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. Plus, she's worked on other amazing shows like Word Party and Dot and Julie's Green Room, starring award-winning actress Julie Andrews. So it's safe to say she's doing quite a lot. She's also a mom of two awesome boys and just a really all-around spectacular human being. I met Hallie... About twelve years ago, because I had done some music for Disney, and somebody over there said, "You got to meet my friend Hallie Stanford." And I remember having a meeting, and I wasn't sure that much would happen. You know, I was just like a young upstart, and I went to the Henson lot, and I was amazed at all the history. The Henson lot used to be where Charlie Chaplin made all his movies, and there's other great history there because it used to be the home of AM Records and now it's the Henson Recording Studio. We Are the World was recorded there as well as Joni Mitchell's album Blue. And I remember just walking into that lot and it was like Charlie Bucket walking into Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. It was just, a, just an amazing, beautiful place. And um, I walked in, had a meeting with Hallie, and uh, about 20 minutes in, she said, I totally see you. And I get what you're about, and I'd love to make a show, and I'd love to have you at the front of it with your music. I think this is amazing. And I was like, what? And she walked me over to meet Lisa Henson and Brian Henson, and he was filming something, and she's like, sit in the director's chair, and she's like, this is Kathy Heller. We're going to make a show about her. And I was like, what's happening? And you guys will hear a little bit more about that in today's episode, but uh, it was an incredible experience, and I have so many great stories and life lessons that came from that. So it was really cool because to do this interview, we actually did it yesterday, and we went to Hallie's office, which is on the Henson lot, and it was just, it was cool to be back there. I hadn't been back there in about 10 years. felt like coming home. So this unbelievably magical place, it's got puppets and toys, posters everywhere. It's super inspiring to see someone I know who's doing something creative and being really, really successful at it. And she's having so much fun in the process. And I truly believe that we are all capable and deserving of our dream jobs, just like Hallie. And she's such an encouraging person. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Let's dive in.
0: Hi, Hallie. Hey, Kathy. I
1: love you so much. I love you. <laughs> um, your energy fills. It's not just fills the room. It fills like the world. So we're going to dive into your journey, your story. your. A mom of two awesome kids and you're also the president of television at the Jim Henson company all three of those things being a mom to these kids and having this job it's kind of it's kind of a big deal and what happens is we live our lives and we're like it's not a big deal it's just my life but no it is and I feel like everybody who's listening since most of our audience are people who want to do things that they love that they're passionate about they'd love to know a little bit about how you feel you got to where you are. Yes. So tell us a little bit about you and what you feel like were some of the, those sort of important things that you found along your journey that you keep in your pocket now and looking back, you're like, okay, maybe this is part of the reason why I have the results of my life.
0: Um, Well, it's very interesting. If I go back in time to when I was a little girl, I will tell you that I always had a passion for storytelling, specifically fantasy and stories for children, and also education for children. So if I look back on like touch points, it's so interesting. Like if I had to do the science fair report in school, my science fair report was do children, I think I was in sixth grade and I went and dealt with with the first graders, do children learn better by looking at a story, by hearing a story, or by both and That's that the most was my... cryptic thing.
1: That's literally right. you're you're answering that question every day with your job.
0: Exactly. <laughs> That's insane. And that was the science project I chose to Intuition. do. Intuition. I did not win a ribbon. I was shocked. But what I did discover <laughs> was that it was both and if you look back and of course it was both because kids learn in terms of auditory they learn in terms of visual so i grabbed more kids than than either but I, i didn't know that then so i always had this love 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 of um the media of television of movies of theater uh the performance aspect the creative aspect all of that was in there but it was always wrapped up in this idea of delivering on storytelling for children yeah I mean I was also on some different paths but I will say that there was always this consistent drive that I had to always make tell stories and do so I did have this internal drive a lot of that also has to do with you know I was I had uh, my mother who was a, a working mom a very successful businesswoman um, as a lawyer and then my father had passed away when i was younger he was an artist so i was always surrounded by his art so i really had this like amazing sort of um touch points uh, uh surrounding me as I, I moved forward but yes i always sort of was in touch with my inner um my girlfriend ellen says this uh your what's your kid's inner genius uh and everyone is different um but for me i think i was always in touch with that inner genius of my own which was that storytelling and love of either playing it out on the stage myself, or writing. Um, and I did dream of doing television and film. Once I got uh, into high school, sort of later, senior year, and then went to Wesleyan University. You're and are a dummy. I was, I know, I was a <laughs> theater film major. And so then that really solidified my love of wanting to get into movies and television. And I
1: just want to not skip over this for a second, because you said it really you know, simply and you kind of said it with a very cheery disposition because that's the way you are. But your mom was a single mom. Yeah. Whose husband had passed away and you were a kid who lost her daddy when you were a little kid. Yeah. So your mom showed you, we're not going to sit here and lick our wounds. I'm going to get to work. That's an incredible role model to have. And you as a kid you didn't tell that story and say so it was so hard and the reason why right right now i'm still wishing i was somewhere and i wasn't is because i have this this card that's sitting here that i got dealt and this is the reason you're like so actually i had all his art around me which inspired me so that says something so much about your soul your character and how maybe also combined with your mom's um inspiration of like we're gonna use whatever we have around us and we're just gonna you know Still have the courage somehow to to keep going, and I just want to applaud that. And I think that anyone who's listening, we all have stories. But what do you what What's your choice?
0: What are you going to do about that? Right, and also my mom was um, unabashedly herself, so I also got to watch that. I got to watch my mom not try to be the other men in her firm. My mother, in the '70s, was the first female law partner in San Diego. Um, That's a big place. Her firm, but also wow. my mother wore silver leather pants to work please stop yeah so let me explain you something about my mom like she was like i'm not wearing suits i'm not trying to be anybody else i'm me and it worked for her so she was always who she was and i carry that with me uh and my story and have that confidence and you know what as women we all know this we're pushed back if we are those strong individual women pushing back for our art all the time. Don't I know that. But I definitely can always uh, channel the silver leather pants of my <laughs> mom and say, um, This is who I am. I'm going to go for it. And it actually served me well as I grew up and pursued my dreams. I can think of many moments where I realized um, I'm being treated a certain way that's inappropriate. I'm. Um, I really need to get that one position and I just was myself and I was true to myself and willing to walk away from those opportunities in order to be true to my, my authentic self and what makes me feel happy and enlightened. So that's a little tip. Like I definitely always have that.
1: That's huge. And And it's
0: always served me well. So, so what? Back to my journey. Yeah. So what happens? So you leave Wesleyan. Yeah. And do you just get the president job? Yeah, of TV? I was I was given the president of TV. No, <laughs> I, I learned you know this was well, this was pre internet people there was no figuring out dark ages yeah dark ages there's no figuring out how, who who do I pursue and it was all telephones <laughs> uh, and it's so much
1: harder people don't write, know how easy they have it right now
0: thank you cards anyway I I was pretty focused on where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do and I was very lucky to have in college. A wonderful supervisor, great alumni, but also um, I had an opportunity to meet Jerry Laybourne, who uh, was the head of Nickelodeon at the time, and she gave me lots of great advice. And she was doing exactly what I wanted to do. Nickelodeon was it at the time. And in fact, she was so kind at the time, she said, oh, would you like to take a look at these, these pilots that we're thinking about doing? Those pilots, by the way, were Ren and Stimpy, Rugrats, and Doug and i remember just my my mind was blown like what's happening like children's television at that time just was transforming completely so she just gave lots of great advice and everything from really know your audience and i i carry that with me to this day which is and this is true for any job that you're in who are your buyers who are your clients who are they so she's like if kids are your are, are your business you have to know everything about kids whether it's walking up and down the toy aisles of target whether it's reading studies uh, on where they're at developmentally, watching everything on TV, reading everything they're reading, and I always do that. So, sort of, she set me on a path as That's a creator, um, but I just had to do a lot of networking okay. to get here. Um, and I did that a lot of networking, a lot of passion. And, uh, you know, it's like little Marlo Thomas and that girl, little Mary Tyler Moore, like coming to the big city, LA. <laughs> 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 do, do, do. So, oh, well, no internet. Um, <laughs> but i had my heroes so that's another thing i would say to to everybody is if you're looking to pursue a new career and path who are your heroes in that field of interest you know like if you are like i want to be a marine biologist well who are like get to know all the marine biologists out there like who like and what are they doing who are the modern ones what are they accomplishing Or the ones in the past who who are they so i had my heroes and my heroes and they're still my heroes but my heroes were jim henson george lucas steven spielberg and i had my eye on the prize when i came to la so i definitely worked my way into the jim henson company my first job at henson was i was a creative assistant and i worked for an incredible woman and my mentor her name is alex rockwell she's incredible
1: and Alex created Bear in the Big Blue House, right? Alex and created Bear and in, a in the Big, other Big Blue things. House. Something recent I just saw. Word
0: Party, Word Party, people the watching on just Netflix. Begun.
1: Yeah, there's a word. I have three little kids.
0: Keep going. We love us some Word Party. <laughs> yes, we do. <too. laughs> Mama's love the Word it's Party all over my house. So she created Word Party. She created Pajanimals, mm-hmm. um, but she, she oversaw all of Henson Entertainment. So it wasn't just TV; it was features. She did Muppet Treasure Island, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my favorites, Muppets Tonight. So so she's done to so much. A creative assistant. She did. She started as Jim Henson's assistant. But you started out. And now you're in
1: this. I mean, you guys, yeah. this is the most beautiful office I've ever been in. I wish you guys were sitting here. Um, it's amazing. And here you are. So
0: how many years have you been here? I've been here 25 years. I did start as Alex's creative assistant. So she did get the opportunity to hire a creative assistant. And I came on in, and I just worked so hard. What looking back do you think were some of the things in hindsight, like doing
1: that, I feel like going the extra mile, I stood out doing this, I stood out doing this. What was it? What got you here?
0: Right. Well, you know, the first thing that I had, I had mentioned just always knowing and caring about who I was making these shows for. I never lose touch with the modern child, meaning I'm always in touch with what's going on today with kids. So 20 years ago, I was in touch with that child. I cared deeply about the why I'm doing this. And I always come back to it. If if I lose sight of things, you get wrapped up in, oh, we didn't solve this network and rah, rah, rah. I always think, okay, put that aside for a second. Why am I doing this? And it's back to the kids. So I'm always on top of reading new studies. I talk to children all the time. Um, I think that is part of what helps Me create a um, sort of vibrant slate at Jim Henson Television. And when I tell people what my job is, and this is something that I've actually had to learn over time, which is it's good to have a mantra. Like, what is your mantra that you tell everybody that you do every day? And this is it I make and sell television. That's it. And I always ask people around me and my staff and others, are you helping me to make? and sell television because if you're not please leave or please get on board with the the and you know what you guys i will tell you you'll find Hmm. that a lot of people you surround yourselves with sometimes are not on the same page with your mantra oh that's certainly true right and so when you break it down so i actually that is something so you asked me about my staff are they helping me make and sell television are we losing sight of priorities are we over here because it's fun to just play in this one space for a long time but it's not quite getting us to selling yeah i think one of the things that i've definitely done over the years that has gotten us to a higher level at henson of um, excellence and um, innovation is i'm really not afraid to take risks and be the misfit and dreamer out in an industry that is trying to tell you what they're always looking for, so I think Dark Crystal, uh, the series that's coming out next year on Netflix, is a good example. I stuck with that for 14 years in development, trying to get it sold. And let me tell you, everybody, it's going to be gorgeous. It's so of course exciting. It I and can't wait for everyone to see it. But he's up there in heaven, thank-
1: thanking you. Like thank you for believing li- in what really, I started.
0: Really exciting. Didn't it
1: take Jim Henson like years to sell? Sesame Street, like to not not for it. The
0: Muppet ever. Show, yes. Well, his first thing, wasn't it like forever? Yes, yes. Muppet Show. He could not sell it in the years? States. 12 years, 20 years, how long did it take? Oh, I don't know if it took that long. But okay, it, it definitely, um, oh, as he tried to sell the Muppet Show in the States, all, all, all the broadcasters were like, mm, I don't, no, I don't, I don't think this is going to work. This. Yeah, this Sorry. is for kids. And then one person believed in them and financed it out of the UK, and then there you go, the rest is history. So you only need one person, people. Just um, one. You just need one believer. But um, I think that risk-taking and following sort of dream projects is something that has served us well. Um, Sometimes, you know, we do respond to the marketplace if they're like, oh, we're looking for this type of show or we're looking for this. We do want to fill in that that niche and respond. But at the same time, when I look back on the, the big projects that really helped define us, like Sid the Science Kid is one of those. I created Sid, and at the time... There was no STEM learning on the preschool slate of television. But Lisa has and I felt so strongly about this type of curriculum. So we're like, let's invent it. Let's go find these educators to help us create this. Like, we just went for it. And with our digital animation. So again, I would say that yeah, that, that was not something that the marketplace was, you know, there was a demand for. So when you for. say know your audience...
1: Yes, on one level, your audience is the buyer, right? The, the distributor. The That's number. really
0: the kids, but and mamas, and dads. To, and
1: then mm-hmm. sticking with that, sticking and with holding them. on to that. This is what they really want, this is what
0: they really need. Right. Over the years, I do a lot of self-reflection, and uh, I'm not afraid to start over. That um, takes a lot of courage. And say, OK, maybe uh, we need to approach this differently. Maybe I need to reapproach how I'm doing things differently not afraid of feedback Uh, i'm strong about my vision and what i want to do but not afraid to maybe try development in a different way for example here's something that's for an example the kissing hand so the kissing hand we put out these social media back to school tips and that was very deliberate because one of course we thought it'd be wonderful to share back to school tips with these characters that we're trying to develop a series from but that also came out of a self-reflection i had When I went to this summit, Alt Summit, and I was talking to all these moms and and incredible businesswomen, and I kept thinking, these gatekeepers, the networks are like, is there a way to like jump over them and just get straight to our audience and get feedback right away? And maybe we could try it, just in a small way and see how it goes. And that just came out of self-reflection. Like, is there a different way we should be trying this? And we did, and it was very successful. But like, I think one of the things that it's important to be able to do is to to reevaluate and like I said, get feedback and try new things. Oh my God, I was so inspired when
1: you said that I feel like we should create a hashtag that says not afraid of feedback because mm. if you do want to know your audience, you need that data and you need to be able to, to move the ego aside and say, if ultimately what I'm trying to do is serve you, I should find out what you need, what you want, and it might mean that I didn't get it perfectly correct, Mm -hmm. and that's not the point. That's great, that's fine. So this sort of notion of like, it's okay to make mistakes, and then you want the feedback, because we have so many people who write in and say, well, what do you do when you get rejected, and you send in your script, and someone doesn't like it?
0: What do you do, do, Hallie? Oh, what do I do? Yeah. Um, What do you tell that person? Honestly, keep going, keep writing, keep, um, you know, put that script aside. Don't be so precious. Try again, start again. I think one of the things that where I, I find confidence every day is I have an idea every day. I sort of hold that up to myself when I'm feeling, I feel down a lot. I, I get upset a lot when um, we're out there pitching our dream projects. And we do get rejected at the Jim Hansen Company. Believe yeah. it or not, people. Yep. And I just have to say, you know what? I have an idea day, And we're, we're creative beings. And we're dreamers. And we're going to just keep going. We're like Kermit the Frog. We're dreamers and doers. Yep. So I would say if you your project is getting rejected, um, again, uh, keep going. Try again. Set it aside. Come back to it try a new project, but also listen to the notes and the feedback and see if you feel like they're coming from a trusted source. I've now gotten to know my buyers well enough to know who I value and respect their opinion and who I don't. It's sometimes like, remember we're on the playground and we want the kid who doesn't want to play with us to play with us? So, or the guy who's totally emotionally unavailable and you're like, yeah, I gotta yeah, get that guy. gotta gu- get that guy. No, let that go. Quit <laughs> focusing on those people. Quit trying to sell to those people. That's hard to tell ourselves. Since
1: we're sitting here right now, I just wanted to say in front of you, um, because I've told people on this uh, podcast a few times about how how many things I tried that, that didn't work. And one of the things that I tried when I first moved out to LA was getting a record deal. I got a record deal. I got dropped. I got a second record deal. I got dropped. And yeah. then... A friend of mine introduced me to you, and I walked into this office 12 years ago, and the very first day we met, we, like, fell in love, Yeah. and you were like, oh, we're totally going to make a show out of your music and you, because I just want to do something with you. So, And then I was here every, like, several times a month, and we created a show, and we had the most incredible time, and we created a show called The Peaceful Place, and The Peaceful Place... It's right inside of you, and you can find it whenever you want. And it was a, it was sort of like Mister Rogers meets mindfulness, which was already what he was doing, but it was the idea of helping kids to just feel like they're they're okay, and they could take a second and. Um, Really find the wonder in the moment and surrender to the now and find magic right around them. And we loved it. And we worked on it for two years. And yeah. we made different, we made a mini pilot and we
0: shot other things. And we, and we wrote to, scripts and we had beautiful artwork. We went to
1: so many different networks and sometimes they would say, show us more stuff. Or, and we kept going, kept going. And eventually everyone said no. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, I couldn't Wait, I don't even understand. Like, we wrote great music. We, we were so proud of it. We worked with Susan Kaiser Greenland, who wrote the book The Mindful Child. And we yeah. incorporated all these incredible, important things. And then everyone said no. And the day after the last meeting... I was home and I was crying. I was like, I can't believe I just spent two years on something that I loved so much. And they said no. And what does that mean about all the time I spent? And there was a knock at the door and I got to the door and no one was there. And I looked down, there was flowers sitting in front of the door. And um, there was a card with one word on it and just said, believe. And I knew it was from you. And there was no name. It just that's how romantic and magical you are. And I sat down and I was like, okay, she's right. I'm going to not cry. I'm going to keep going and think about what else we can create and what else we can do. And I want listeners to, to hear what it takes. And when I look at people who are successful, I know how much courage it takes to keep getting up to bat to you know, go on a date after you've had your heart broken already yeah. six times, to create something else after you've worked on something you cared about. And I want people to hear that story because that was something that we actually did together and I think it's a cool piece of history in my own life. And I look back, by the way, on that time and so much of the person I am today is because of those two years of learning mindfulness, meditating, which I then do for the rest of my life, I created incredible friendships, and yep. I learned so much about the creative process. And who knows what will be if something like that will happen again or not? But I feel like this show, in so many ways, is um, is it has seeds from from what we've oh, created together. Oh, that is together. so wonderful.
0: Well, you know, you make me think of a lot of things when you say that. It makes me want to cry. So I'm so I'm so happy that it meant so much to you. I think that's a good thing for people to hear, and myself as well. Sometimes the things that You think the way they're supposed to go, like they're supposed to end up happening, like that Mm -hmm. should have been a show. It should have been a show. But perhaps from it spins all these other, other things that then manifest and are that next level. So even your podcast here, or perhaps we even inspired the executives at Disney to years later, think, oh right, that mindfulness curriculum that we thought was Ooh, too I progressive. That. You're like, have you seen this? I remember you sending me. They're using some they yeah. some mindful things all of a sudden. But maybe it inspired them later. Like, mm-hmm. wait, yes, the mindfulness thing. Now now they were finally ready for it. I feel like a lot of what we do, you and I, is always a little bit ahead of the curve. Um, look at us. Uh, look at us ahead so of the curve. Ahead
2: of <laughs> but
0: but you know what? People have to remember that too, that it's never something that should have been I should have never done that. I should have never put myself out there. I should have never uh, wasted my time Yeah. because maybe even that time that you put into yourself, practicing pitching or selling, well, or even the, something, I, the idea. I
1: remember it, s- it all
0: comes back to us. Did you see "Won't You
1: Be My Neighbor"? Did you go see? Oh, it? I
0: loved it so much. I
1: saw it on my birthday. That's what I wanted to do on my birthday. Yeah, I get that. I felt like I was in the greatest master class of all time, and I walked out crying. And I was like, you know, when we did that show, I remember thinking, our Ultimately, we wanted to be looking down the barrel of the camera, saying to every child who would be watching, you are enough, and everything you need is right here, and you're okay, and that feeling of like, just as you are with all your bruises, with all your scars, you're okay, and and there are tools right in front of you that can help you to feel that well-being, and we wanted to do that. And now I'm doing that for for adults who I feel like we're all children. We're all that 6-year-old yeah, kid. You are doing that. We're all that, you know. So I do feel like that actually got me clear and then I was like, well, maybe I need to say that to adults. Maybe it's maybe we all need to hear that. And Kathy, so I'm did, so grateful for that time sort of putting that in an incubator and 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 growing it.
0: So, tell us a little bit about what you do day to day. Here's the thing I love about my job so much is that every day I do something different that's great so I've broken it down for you I make and sell television but the all the details of doing that can just be so different every day so maybe I'll give you some examples of my days Um, I've already talked a lot about all the research I do and talking and and ideating my greatest pleasure is working with creators and artists all day because it's my goal to make their dreams a reality. And so a lot of new ideas that come in, once ideas are here, I'll work with those creators to bring their ideas to uh, sell to market. And that can include everything from, we're meeting with artists to do designs of their uh, project. We're filming puppets like The Kissing Hand. Uh, We're writing music with Kathy Heller to go out and sell. So always something different to help get that show to a place that's ready to sell. And that's really exciting. I also uh, work on the business end of it too. So I may be in a meeting where I'm working with our head of production finance to budget. What would the show cost? So when I go in and try to sell it, I can let the networks know this is what we're thinking. So it's both sides of it. I'm also out there courting the networks. I'm getting to meet with them, to talk to them, to get to know what they're looking for. But then there's the making of it. So I find myself on the set of The Dark Crystal, working uh, with- Were you in London for that? I was in London, working with the, the director and all of the art department and giving all my feedback because I'm also an executive producer in all of our projects which means that it's my job so as the executive producer new. to make sure that our creators are getting their creative vision heard and that the production side of it we're being responsible to budget and schedule and on top of it all it's my job to make sure the networks are feeling heard and supported so that's in production but you guys i sometimes just find myself on sets i'm like i'm not even making this up like sometimes it's not as glamorous as it sounds i'm running around getting Starbucks for the puppeteers and uh helping to pick up a staple gun and put that one piece you're not of stuff back. You're I not, am not, not above it. You're above it. Well, you're at
1: super humble. All. I was just thinking that like 2 minutes ago I'm like she's so the same person she always was like <laughs> you're so humble and grateful and you're like a kid standing still with all the wonder. Like it the oh, wonder is it. so in your eyes and you're, it's it's amazing like so I'm thinking that sounds like the funnest week ever, what you kind of were describing. And then, you know, for some people, it's like, it might get old to do that same thing. You're like,
0: I love it. Even in 25 years, you love it just like you did. I do love it, and also, each project's different. So, and I love, love educational content for preschoolers. Particularly, it's my favorite, that and then sort of the adult fantasy as well. But, um, so, I may be in a meeting with, you know, the head of paleontology uh so at cool. uh, the, the field museum or i may be meeting with dr sylvia Earle, dame julie andrews oh correct well, <laughs> dame julie andrews oh well that was a dream come true that was a dream come true because that's insane yeah so that that's a nice example of how like maybe a meeting goes down I, I get an opportunity to meet with her uh she has books pre-existing books that you know i think she she and her her reps were trying to see is there a show here and in my head i thought you know what i don't want to do these books What I would love to do with Julie Andrews is do more of an educational preschool show. What would I want to see as a parent come out of Julie Andrews? And of course, I was like, the performing arts. I would want a program about the performing arts. P.S., there was no show on the air in preschool about the performing arts. And so again, we were ahead of the curve. And so we pitched it back to Julie. What do you think about this? And you'd actually be in it. And she loved it. That was, that was just that one meeting. You know, that, that's a special meeting, though.
1: But um, let's talk about what you think makes
0: great content. Like, when someone's pitching you something, what makes something stand out? I'm going to answer that with a couple of different ideas. Everybody always says, oh, that show is lightning in a bottle. I, I never believe that, actually. Sometimes things are timing. But what I do think is a couple of things. First, it starts with passion. I believe in passion projects i believe in the projects of dreamers like this is my dream show in fact i will tell you nothing on our slate isn't a dream project of somebody's
2: wow.
0: so randy zuckerberg dot our wonderful show on sprout and hulu new episode starting next week that was her dream book she wrote this book she loved it it was all about a little girl embracing technology and so You know we look at lots of books but we look at the books that are like dream books you know like you know not one of a dozen so i would say every show that i love that i think is great content starts from that place whether it's an artist a creator an educator a mom starts with that and then you know what at the end of the day do i want to work with this person um, or these people, or this company, every single day, because if I bring on your project onto my slate, right. there's
2: that, I am there's going that to
0: be, I am I am the mother of dragons here at Henson. I will love that dragon so much. I will stay with your project till the very, very end. But that means I'm going to have to stay with you till the very end. So do you feel to me like somebody that I want to collaborate with? Is there joy in Easy you? to work with. And if you're a little difficult to work with, is there still, because everybody has their dark and light side, is there still, are you a person that's open to collaboration, feedback, notes? Do you have the wherewithal to handle if things are moving slowly uh, or fast? And how do you follow up with me? So I actually do think that great content also comes from great chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, um, and so that should go vice versa. If you're out there selling your product or your song or your creativity to somebody else, but you're not having great chemistry with them, it's like the, the biggest brand of all. You're like, I got in the door, but there's something off of the chemistry, I would highly encourage you not to force it. Yeah, Don't force the relationship. Yeah. And that's a hard lesson I've learned over the years where I've tried to force relationships, not just with creators, but with with networks or studios, and it just doesn't end well. Um, Move on. Move on. You'll find your people. You'll find your people, and new people may come to that place uh, later.
1: What advice do you have for people listening? I mean, we're out here in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, you know, at the Henson Studios, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are living in other parts of the country and other parts of the world, and this seems very out of reach and very far away. So if you're somebody who's listening right now and you're like, I have this great idea and I want to one day get to whoever my person is, right? Um, yeah. It could be you, it could also be that somebody has like an idea they want to get to Jonathan Adler. What's the process? What do they need to have? A one yeah. page, a book, a thing, and then who would they get it to or how would it get to you? I how does that I think the first happen? thing you
0: have to realize is um, you have to know the company you're going after. So if you go and research my company online, read all about it, watch what we're doing, and then get to know me. I'm sure there's ways to figure that out online. Um, you know, then you're going to have a clearer idea. Oh, I am a match. My idea is a match for that company. Sometimes people don't do that and they'll they'll so reach out to, yeah, the different companies and it's so clearly not a match. You're like, why, why are you coming to me? I think that everybody's pretty accessible on some level. I think that, you know, you can call assistance, leave word. I think that email actually is a beautiful thing. Um, being able to email somebody, this is my idea. I don't know if it's appropriate for you, um, but here it is. If I think it's right, I will probably send it straight to um, someone on my staff to evaluate first, sure. just because of my bandwidth. It doesn't have to do with the fact right. that I don't want to People look. It's just yeah, my I bandwidth. I have, a, I have a lot on my plate. And you play. have two kids. And I have two kids. And, and a couple um, of dogs. And three dogs and one fiance. Lots of two. Da, 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 and a partridge and a fair tree. <laughs> um, but I think just go for it. I I don't want to mention the name of the celebrity right now that I pursue, but I did pursue this one celebrity and I went in a different way to that person. I thought, I if I go the traditional way, I might not be heard. And I went the untraditional way and I got to them and had a meeting. And it was wonderful, but I had to prepare. I had to prepare for that meeting. I had to watch everything that that person was in. I was ready for that meeting. So the, the other thing is be ready for, if What do you you're think sending, that, okay. if you're sending a one sheet, you can send, it, it just depends what your idea is. If right, you're right, like, right. I have an idea for a TV show, then you should research, how do I write up a TV show? Just right. sending me a paragraph and you've never done anything in your whole life, that's pretty hard. I think you have to really, really write out your idea. If you want to write a children's book, write a children's book. You know, take a look in the backs of books. Who are the publishers publishing your favorite books that seem aligned with the type of stories you want to tell? Reach out to those departments and start finding who are the who are the gatekeepers there. But at the same time, pick an unconventional route. Go to a book convention. Go online and see if there are online forums of young book writers forums. Like, keep trying to look at different angles to get into the to the places in, that you want to yeah, be. Yeah, that makes sense. But I still think there are always, we set up our companies so that there are people to uh, coordinate with the public. I think it's just a matter of taking a big gulp and picking up the phone and finding the email. And it's scary. It's still scary for me to do this I just told you like meeting the celebrity was really scary and yet I've met with tons of celebrities and I've done lots right. of things but if you really want something yep. you still you still are gonna feel nervous and you just have to keep going the other thing I would say is manners you know you still got to access those manners from that you know mom and dad and your teachers taught you way back when of thank yous and please and appropriate timing in between when you contact somebody and follow follow up up. and sometimes i think that there's this misconception that if i'm aggressive i just have to keep being on top of somebody and it really repels uh people and there's a time to follow up where it's appropriate but still when you're following up you can be polite you know thank you so much for your time i know this is i know you're probably busy I think I would just keep that in the back of yeah. your mind. I've I've learned over the years how to kind of do that, but I'm always having to yeah. sometimes it evaluate, tastes, when right. do I go in again? I think the biggest issue is that
1: most good things don't ever see the light of day because people overthink things, they're so hard on themselves, or they yeah. make one thing and someone doesn't like it, so then they sit on these ideas for 20 years and have a job selling insurance and they hate it. Yes. And there's just all of this imposter syndrome, this self-doubt. I mean, this is the biggest stuff. And I talk to people and I'm like, don't write a song and think that you're going to be Taylor Swift. Do what she actually does. Write a thousand songs and find the best ten, right? But there's this whole idea of like the grittiness. Keep going. Become better. You know, have a, um, a respect for that. It takes time to get better and better at things and you have to stay in it what advice would you say to people in terms of is it possible to have a dream job how can they get from where they are to where they want to be what do you think
0: i think that i recognize that for a lot of people we have to pay the bills and so you know there there's the survival part of our existence so it's hard to make that instant leap for for many of us um so when i say what i'm about to say i'm very respectful of that and I think that if that's the case as well, then you need to feed the, so I always say to people, pay the bills and feed the spirit. Side hustle. Yeah, side hustle, side hustle, feed the spirit, or just start writing and see where it leads. Um, and don't expect you yourself to sell your first novel. We're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. We expect, especially um, younger generation, I'm 49, so I can say younger generation, it's a process and celebrate. Here's, here's something like celebrate the small victories and the wins over time. It's going to keep feeding you. And that small victory can be I had a great meeting. I had a really great meeting. P.S. What if you don't sell it? It's okay. You had a great meeting.
1: Right. Or you sat down and actually opened the laptop and wrote three you, pages exactly. of something. That's exactly. Huge.
0: So give yourself time. Yeah and don't expect it to happen overnight but start feeding the spirit now every day and for my spirit as i've just told you i like to walk up and down target toy aisles and see what's fresh with kids or you know hang out on the playground i'm actually a cub scout leader i love being around he's kids seven and being, how old is yeah, he yeah he's seven and a half but i get to be around kids all the time that's my job you know so i think it's always fun to do a creative blueprint for yourself oh yeah, and I do that for my you department. and I actually it? do it for myself personally. Okay, let's talk about this. So a blueprint can be, I'm creating my own special branding box around what I do. So for Jim Henson shows, this is something I created. Um, I want dream projects, um, but I want doers. So when I bring on board somebody, they're a dreamer and a doer, meaning they are going to hustle alongside of me. They're going to meet with artists. They're going to do the work that it takes to get there. I want our shows to have social impact in the world uh, most recently I've had to think about our primetime slate and so I created a creative blueprint for it and one of the things I decided for now is that our shows will have messaging of healing and hope so how do you make this blueprint are you are you making a vision board or are you
1: t- pinning things on Pinterest I do what I are you actually doing? use
0: Pinterest quite a bit um, to uh, put up uh, ideas for shows and concepts and all of that um, so I did so that you can trust. keep referring to it. I keep referring to it, but I think it's just over time, they just kind of come to me, these mm-hmm. ideas, and I really think about, I think all the time about what we're making, how we can improve it. It's back to that self-evaluation, self-reflection. I do it on our own projects, too, not just myself personally. So I think having this kind of creative blueprint um, – it is really useful. And uh, so we all have a business plan, right? We all have our business plan. We're going to, you know, three years, make this much or sell this much. But I actually have a creative business plan, too. And I think that's fun to fill out for your project. Yeah, because the
1: bigger you can imagine and dream, the more you can see it. If you can see yeah. it, you can actually then go ahead and build it in the physical world. But we have to, you have to see that picture.
0: And that's what you're talking about. Literally dream it up. Yeah. Vision it out. Once you know it, you'll just start settling within you. And what you have to keep doing is telling it to people. You keep this talking. Is so
1: opposite of what people say. I have something I want to talk I don't want to talk about it. People have to start sharing.
0: Share you know, my it. sister has this business, Geese and Ganders, Wonderful Party Goods Business. And she talks a <laughs> lot about, you know, where are the people like like in the beginning who are doing the same thing they want to share with me their experiences. And it was hard for her to find them at first. And I share all my experiences with everyone. Ha- I'm an open book. I'm the same way. And I think it's the best way to be with each other. I Why? Really... Because the
1: more you talk about it, the more it comes to life, the more you start brainstorming, coming up with ideas for it, being and resourceful about it, meeting someone who might
0: be able to help you with it. The rising tide. Oh. As I rise, you rise, we all rise. Maybe one day she'll get back to somebody else in a way that they need. Like Let's all share. Because if you're so afraid of sharing your ideas and vision, you are going to fall so short of where you could be in your potential. This was amazing. Like this, this whole thing could be like a curriculum. I feel like we <laughs> you covered so many things. Not let's just do our um, own side hustle. Side hustle. Yes, yeah, when we do <laughs> when we do our creative blueprints. Uh, uh, with it's people. amazing. I,
1: I feel like everyone listening. You guys should go and make go onto Pinterest and make yourself your creative blueprint. Hallie, you've been so generous. You're Aww. so so filled with life. You're so alive and you're so magical being around you like i just feel like reinvigorated i was having like a sad morning and then i'm around you and i just feel like Aww. i feel like i see what what what's possible and that's what you do for everybody so is there anything else i feel like we've covered so much is there anything left you're you like i just want to say this to that woman who's on the train right now or that guy who's driving in traffic like i want to say
0: this one last thing to you yeah i want to say one last thing to you because you just brought it up right now where you said i felt sad this morning. And I will say, it's okay to feel down and have those down moments creatively. I have them all the time. I have self doubt all the time. I'm talking about my dream job and all the light that I wanna bring into the world, and I have a lot of energy, but I have real down days. And that's okay because you will push through them because you'll come back to the why am I doing this, or you'll get excited again about something else. Or you'll just get distracted and you'll watch a couple episodes of Mad Men and then you feel better. But it's okay to feel sad that something didn't happen. It's okay to cry about something that didn't go the way you wanted it to. It happens all the time. But when you have a little celebration, you gotta celebrate the little wins. I have a gong in my office and I ring that gong Ah. when we sell a show and I'm not saying that gong rings all the time. But I probably, I also have a little gong. (laughs) I do. I have a little gong and I hit it all the time. And so I would just say, it's okay to mourn, but you also got to celebrate, celebrate all your little wins. So that's the last thing I wanted to say. Every
1: person who heard this just fell in love with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what's happening.
1: Okay, so last thing. Where can people find you and your work and all the amazing things that
0: you're creating? Well... I have my Instagram uh, uh, at Working Mom Nerd. So you can always <laughs> check me out of my personal creative crazy journey, my own personal sitcom there. But, um, <laughs> but you can always go to Henson Family Hub. Henson Family Hub showcases all of our wonderful shows, what's going on with Henson and all the projects we're doing. So it can shoot you out to all of the new things that are happening. But the current show's on the air, Dinosaur Train, on PBS, Splash and Bubbles on PBS, Doozers on Hulu and Sprout, Dot on Hulu and Sprout. You can check out Word Party and Julie's Green Room on Netflix. When's Dark Crystal coming out? Dark Crystal's coming out around a year from now, and that will be on Netflix. And then we have all kinds of other things that fingers crossed we'll have going soon. And check out the Kissing Hand. You can always you can check out the Kissing Hand That's social media tips book. right now. Just type in Kissing Hand. Uh, Jim Henson, you'll go to them. You'll see them. Amazing. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. This I mean, is so much I mean, fun. We're in your office, but thank I you like for me. I like that you're in my office. Yippee!
1: That was amazing. All right, here are some takeaways. Number one, know your audience. Number two, always go back to why am I doing this? Number three, don't be afraid to take risks, to be the misfit and to be the dreamer. Number four, look at where you can fill a need. Number five, when you get rejected, take the note and keep going. Number six, great content begins with passion and is built with great chemistry. Number seven, understand and get to know the company you're pitching to. Do your research. Number eight, make a creative blueprint and then share it with someone. Number nine, it's okay to have down moments. You'll push through them, but when you have victories, big or small, you better celebrate them. I love talking to Hallie. That was one of my favorite episodes. So good. Chock full of so many great lessons. And I love how encouraging she is, you know, it's like she's the president of a television company and she's like so optimistic about like, you know, it's all so possible and people are accessible and reach out and things can happen. And uh, Hallie and I were talking about starting potentially another project right before I walked out of there and I, I pitched her some idea and she was like, yes, so uh, we'll see where that might lead. All right. Well, our hundredth episode is this coming Monday. And that that show is really going to be a showcase of you guys and this community and all the incredible things that you guys have done with whatever you've taken away from the last 100 shows. And we'd love to be able to share more of your accomplishments and we'd love to be able to give more shout outs. So please go to the show notes on iTunes or to our website, don'tkeepyourdayjob.com. And you're going to find a link to a survey that we made and we would so, so appreciate it if you'd fill out the survey because it asks you some questions and then we can talk about all of this on this 100th episode. We'd really, really appreciate it. Also, I'd love you to come join a meetup group. We want to help you guys create your own listening groups like a book club, but for this podcast. And you guys can meet up with other listeners of the show, either online or in person. It's going to be a great way for you to have this extra support and accountability and get some feedback and encouragement from other like-minded creative souls. So we're going to have a Google Doc posted in our Don't Keep It of Facebook group and in the show notes. So go ahead and check it out. You can introduce yourself to other people and we're going to start helping you guys find a group and give you some questions just to get the conversation started. But I think it would be so fun for you to be able to meet up with a group of people either online via like a Zoom video chat or in person at somebody's house or at a local coffee shop and help each other discuss your ideas and brainstorm and give each other support. And like Callie said on this episode, you know, share, share the things you've been dreaming about and Help each other bring these things to life. I think that we are so much stronger together than we are when we 're on our own we can we can be in our head and we can get in our own way and so i 'd love to see you guys um, forming these like listening groups and having conversations about what you 're learning from the episodes and then and then really seeing how you can integrate that into your life. And I'll be doing my, my part to support these pods that will be popping up all over the country and all over the world. And I think you guys will, will fall in love with one another. I've already looked at this uh, Google Doc of who's signing up. And we have like kite makers and soap makers and yoga teachers and book binders. So many incredible people who just want to do beautiful things. And I'd love for you guys to have one another to support you throughout the week in between these episodes. Um, and I'll be doing more to support you by reaching out to the group leaders and seeing if I can come on once in a while and show up and we can all do a video chat. So go ahead and um, and sign up and then we'll help you find a group just by signing up. If you can't find a group on your own, we're going to help uh, look at who signed up and then put you guys into groups and let you guys know who's, who's local to you and maybe who might be a good fit. Well, you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for being in my life. Um, it's amazing. This was so unexpected. I didn't know I was going to start a podcast. And, um, it's not even two years and we've just built this incredible movement together. There's so many people who are waking up and being messy and creating things. And, um, I feel like this is a great lesson. You know, I talked about it on this episode, how we made that TV show and, you know, it didn't get sold, but I kept going. You know, I had the courage to, to get back up again and, And I knew that I might strike out again, and I just kept going. And I tried so many things in between that show not working out and this podcast. But we got to be messy. You know, we got to give ourselves time to make mistakes, to reinvent, to explore, to play. So next time you look at someone and you see the shiny results of their life, don't forget what didn't work along the way. Don't forget the things they tried that might have gotten rejected. Remember the courage it takes to soldier on and find something new to make. Try another door. Be messy. Start over. And invent things. There's a place where you're meant to be. So keep dreaming and keep making things because you will be found. Share this with someone who you think will be inspired by it. Share any episode of the show that you think will make a difference. And please come find me on Instagram because I post there every single day and I answer all my DMs myself and I respond to all the comments and It's something that I really enjoy and it lifts me up and I'd love to get to know you guys and that is the best way for you to reach me. Um, And I love hearing from you and I'll be there to support you. So um, come find me on Instagram at Kathy.Heller and um, I'll be doing a live stream of a concert on Monday. So if you go ahead and follow me, then even if you can't make it live, you might see it because it'll be up there for 24 hours. So come follow me on Instagram at Kathy.Heller and I'll be doing some giveaways that day All you have to do is come follow me on Instagram and I'm going to pick eight of the followers from Instagram. Um, On Monday for our 100th episode, I'll be giving away eight $100 gift cards. So come follow me at kathy.heller. Tell your friends to follow me there. It would mean the world if you would just take a second right now to share the show with a friend. And if you've already shared it with someone, share it with someone else. Share it with someone who you think could use an extra little sprinkle of magic in their life. Share it with someone who you think deserves to be reminded that there's so much room for them in this world. Uh, We'll be back on Monday for that 100th episode. I love you. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Monday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.